it, ready. <laughs> it is September. It is September 13th, 2021. This is Atlanta United FC Weekly, a home before dark podcast. I am Tim Herb. As always, I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Mr. Kevin Bradley, on the screen if you're watching on YouTube, to my right, <laughs> Mr. Dan James, down below. On the bottom, where he belongs. How's it, gents? How's power it? bottom. Power bottom. Dan, Dan is power bottom. Yeah. Uh, it's mean? great. It's great. It's where the top derives most of its power. Yeah. The... The oh. air tires. The powers yeah. all derived from the air tires. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, exactly. Clearly, okay. Tim did not get the memo. Dan and I coordinated tonight. And yeah. here we are. Here we are. Yeah. I don't I don't remember I haven't bought an actual game kit in what seems like a couple years. I'm trying to think, like an actual game kit. I have an I, I have I have the original, uh, the original five stripes. I have Wait. a strawberry and concrete. I don't have a peach, a king peach, and I don't have the new seven stripes or nine stripes or whatever it is. I got you. Yeah, yeah. I got the um, the last kit I got was the um, the new away kits last year. Not super, not super crazy about the. We'll get the the replicas of the new home kits. I just really, really hate the tramp stamp on the back of the kits, the, the home kits, the past two versions. I don't like them at all, and I get that like the name set helps fill up the space and all that. I just don't like it at all. I don't think it looks good. I think the new one looks better. the 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 one from last year with the tramp stamp, it doesn't look great. Yeah. Um, but the new one, I think it looks fine because it's thinner and it's just a little bit of uh, accent. Yeah. That yeah. I, me. I, um, I, for, I completely forgot about the gold away kit. You guys are wearing the, the King Peach. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's our. No, it's not our away kit. We have something very slightly different than that. Um, anyway, want to report in from the trap. We got Richard Gordon. Michelle, Kendrick, Brock, Benjamin Ficus on uh, on Twitch, just giving us hell for uh, for talking about MLS. Gully Cuban, got uh, Gabe Lajas. Hope you're doing okay, buddy. Thinking about you. Nathan Explosion, Bradley D, aka Kevin Bradley's D, Anthony Neitzel. Thank you guys for watching and and tuning in on this lovely uh, Monday evening. We're back in uh, in full swing after the international break, and it feels good to be back, boys. Who would have thought that we would actually beat Orlando? I didn't. I didn't think we would do it. I didn't think we had it in us. But... Did I? Did I call a win, Kevin? I can't remember. To be fair, Dan, you and Tim both thought we would beat Orlando. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Tim thought we would win 2-0. Very close there with Araujo scoring both of those goals. Dan called 2-1 Orlando. Sorry, I read that wrong at first. You did not think we were going to beat Orlando, so you were right. Um, you called 2-1 right. Orlando with right. Joseph scoring right. the long goal. Um, I called the draw 1-1, so Tim picking up three big points there. Much needed. Dan, falling behind. Oh, no, you pick up one point because it's it was 2-0, not, not the full 3-0. Uh, no. Wait, what? How did I get a point? I thought I said two. Oh, I said Tim got a point, not three points. Yeah, um, I called two till two nil, yeah. not not three. Yeah. Oops. Oh well. Oh well. But yeah, I mean, who would have thought we would have beat Orlando? Yeah, that was a hell of a performance. And I want to put an end to this. No longer is the first half or the first half of the home leg against Philly and CCL our best half of soccer this year. I think this game was the best the best we've played the entire year and we fucking dominated and we capped it off with three points like three absolutely solid points. Yeah. I would say it was a perfect game. I mean, it was almost a perfect game. So, you know, we beat Orlando, shut them out, scored three goals, um dominated in pretty much every positive statistical uh category. And just played him off the park. It was it was beautiful. They just didn't know what hit him. Nani was wandering around like a, I don't know, like an idiot. What's crazy is that the game, especially going into that matchup, where the lineup was without Joseph Martinez and without Miles Robinson. I think Miles Robinson's absence was the one that had me more concerned, defensively speaking, and not knowing what that back line was going to do. We've seen the back three and how, what, how that rotation has looked. And then all of a sudden you got George Campbell coming into the mix and wondering how he was going to step up. And then lo and behold, not only did he step up defensively, but he scores the, the goal opening for the team overall, which – was phenomenal man great like you said great performance all around i I couldn't be happier there so the i want to like just call out the imposing figure that is george campbell like how how scary and like bombarding he would have been for that center back whoever it was that he uh whoever he scored on it just completely bossed in the 18 like he's fucking massive yeah (laughs) yeah and honestly it was uh Tim, to your point, I mean, that was Carlos Antonio and Jansen who were the CBs. And they're not small guys. No, not at all. And Carlos Antonio is a guy who people talk about being one of the best, if not the best center backs in MLS. And he, he, yeah, I mean, he didn't look at this match. I'll certainly say that much. Uh, I think that we made their back line look pretty uh, piss poor. Um, Were they without anybody for this match? Obviously, they brought in Chris Mueller in the second half. I, I thought think, DK might have been out, but he played the entire game. Was he there? I don't. Yeah. You could you could have fooled me. Um, <laughs> he got DK got subbed in the end, but um, um, yeah, he got for Tesho, right? Yeah, Galese was out on international duty, um, but no, I I'm pretty sure it was a first choice lineup. Um, maybe Joey Desart. Well, he's kind of. Pe- I mean, Pe- Desart was out apparently from what Carlos Rangel was saying. Pedro Galese was out. Yeah, that's what I just said. Oh, did you say that? I'm sorry. Yeah, that's okay, Kev. It's okay. I can't read and listen at the same time, man. Come on. <laughs> that's no, why this I can't was the first, 
that's why I don't listen to podcasts while I work. Is because like, I, can't, I can't I can't pay attention. I can't read with my head and with my like or with my ears and my eyes at the same time. Oh. It doesn't work. No, they had a first choice lineup. They had Mueller, Mueller, Rizal, and Vandervoorde coming off the bench. Um, this this was a first choice Orlando lineup. But I mean, classic Orlando mental fatigue breakdown. Um, we've seen it, I think, most seasons. And every time they've played Atlanta United prior to the 2020 season. The good news is um, Mike German's here to tell us that uh, Atlanta did play a false nine, which is good. I'm glad you were able to remind us. Oh, no, or, or maybe it was two false nines, but they definitely played a false nine. Thanks. Uh, we wanted to talk about that for sure. So thanks. Yeah. I'm glad that we've got that here first before anyone else. <laughs> I just, I, I, I will reiterate, I think I've said this on the show. One of my favorite parts of Atlanta United Twitter is the battles that Mike German chooses to pick with, uh, with, with Josh Bagrianski, our buddy over at Miles of the South. It's fun to just watch them because he, they just don't, they don't give each other an Nobody inch. backs down. Nobody, Nobody backs, backs down. down. It, yeah, it, nobody backs down, and it's fantastic to watch. And I just start like, oh, I want to be in a room together while they're doing this, not I over think the internet. Set up. Maybe we just need to. <laughs> we need to let them. Whenever they duke it out, we just table it, and then we bring them in for a segment at the end of the show, so they could just say final closing statements, basically. <laughs> from I want or 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 I play Chris Hansen from to catch a predator and i trick josh into coming onto the show only to bring mike german (laughs) (laughs) only to have mike german waiting for him it's german he's gonna he's furious (laughs) we're pronouncing his last name wrong Mm. (sighs) there was a pretty contentious topic and josh was definitely um we talk about that later, the because we'll. I want to talk about Barco's performance as a whole, but like the that whole hill that Josh is dying on, um, with regards to Barco has been very interesting to watch, and I think it might be just intentional Twitter fodder, but um, anyway, sorry to be on during Monday Night Football to start stress's point, you know, Sean, Sean, who's even playing Monday Night Football? Oh. It's the are the Giants playing? Is that why you is that why you're saying we're animals? Does anybody actually like the Giants? Are they good? No, I don't know. I no, no, the Giants played yesterday. Never mind. Oh yeah, yeah they lost to the Broncos. <laughs> 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 Never mind. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah, I didn't even pay attention to the Falcons this weekend because I knew it was going to be utter shite. I don't think that they paid attention this weekend. So <laughs> I saw some tweet that was like Falcons tickets, two hundred dollars a seat, parking. $80 concessions, $10 with five $2 hot dogs, leaving the game in the fourth quarter to beat traffic because they're losing priceless. <laughs> Good grief. Yeah. That was, that was pretty miserable to watch that, 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 yeah, not getting that O line's fucking terrible. Yeah. In I don't the, think anyone's teams won this weekend. As far as NFL goes, Colts didn't win, right? No, we played yeah. the Seahawks granted, but like, yeah, yeah it's, it was pretty pretty i don't know i don't we don't get the games here i'm not buying nfl sunday ticket no I'm yeah. not playing any colts games in atlanta yeah no, um yeah i'm in Brittany s's boat uh, i don't watch american football anymore because of the falcons and atlanta united and uh you know i like to watch real football the commercial breaks are brutal man it's so bad it's so bad oh it's every it's every 
you know, it's it's just all the time. Every timeout, every play. T- the th- for the fact that TV timeout is a thing, it just irritates me. It's awful. I love that the uh, American culture has their own ways or wanting to do ways that will annoy like Euro snobs in soccer, which I think is great. Like the pathway penalties, um, miking guys up while they're playing. That's excellent. Yes. Yes. I mean, all this playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But all this junk that happens with American football is like, well, it's kind of just, you know, it's whatever. It's the same, but I guess this is kind of new to me. However, I wish that we would take one thing from baseball and have the races around the track because that is the best halftime entertainment I've ever seen. The beat the freeze, the beat the freeze, or when they had the Home Depot tools. Oh, dude, oh, that's that would race. Oh, that was bucket or suck it. <laughs> Hashtag bucket or suck it. I mean that that's where the real uh, money from gambling occurs in in this country is the the Home Depot or the base the races of the characters. So Dan, I think you've got to answer up um, for your transgressions and sins against humanity. Apparently, um, we do have somebody joining us in from Twitch. They're, they're uh, just Benjamin. giving us all kinds of shit. Like one oh, of the trolling said, the entire time. What did they say? My favorite that they said this Benjamin Ficus on Twitch saying, "To be honest, it's great to see the entire fan base of Atlanta United come together on the same live stream." Meaning there are three of us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hilarious uh 100% confused by the guy at the bottom supporting Atlanta whilst having a distinctly non-American accent. Yeah, I know, you know, that's just like how the world works. So yeah. <laughs> no, trust me, Dan's every bit American. Sorry I don't fit yeah. in your box. He yeah. was he, he was 100% Brexit, so much so that he <laughs> left entirely and moved to the states. <laughs> De- De- he really De- bought in on it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, we have a new name in the trap, Mike Holcomb. Um, I think it's a new name. First time I think I've seen him on uh, in YouTube. Um, Are you sure it's not just yeah. Bill Holcomb? Ooh, maybe it is. It definitely. No, is. is it? Maybe it's Bill's brother. Doesn't Bill's? I think that might be Bill's brother because I think he's watching on uh, Twitter or on Periscope earlier. Anyway, uh, so worst thing MLS could do is go down to two thirty-minute halves, like they're discussing. Is that a thing? What? <laughs> What are they gonna get? They got orange slice breaks every fifteen minutes. There's no way. There's no way. There's no way. Yeah, I'm not into that. They're just trying to do it to get more TV ad revenue. There's Um, no way. No, that it's it's like the two. I mean, I'm not down with the World Cup every two years. I I kind of feel like that's just a little bit too much. But I get it. It's a money grab. Yeah, for sure for sure look they're already doing it with their their quote-unquote start times for matches whenever oh they put it God. on the schedule at seven o'clock it doesn't really start until 7 30 <laughs> it's getting a little bit ridiculous at this point yeah <laughs> yeah that doesn't really bother me I'm, i hate it man i hate it means, it it means i can just have kind of like oh mandy i'm watching the game you know, it starts at seven, so I'll turn it on. Sweet, sweetie, look. The you look, look at the guide. The guide again. says seven. The guide look, says seven. It's not my fault. Pre-game is still game, right? Like not my fault. Not my fault. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's get into the game, boys. Um, so what were your I mean, we all agree, fantastic performance. Um, standouts for you guys individually, whether individual players or um yeah just overall thoughts 
standouts for you for the match in general? The Dan doubts. Go ahead, Dan. <laughs> uh, Luis Arujo makes me feel tingly inside. <laughs> oh yeah. We t- his oh, play. Yeah. Are you talking? You're talking about his play, or are you talking about? Oh, I'm both? talking about. I'm talking about his play. I'm talking about his thighs, though. People don't like to um, say that Tito has someone who's a thigh successor to Tito. Uh, I think he's he's getting there because yeah. he likes to pull his shorts up. Yeah. Um, um, in the then, words of Percy Herrera, skies out, thighs out. So that's yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with him. Uh, yeah, man. I think the it man would... knows how to write a narrative. That's for sure. Because the suspense <laughs> is killing me for him to <laughs> score that first goal, dude. Yeah. The Benz is going to break. He's got two back-to-back home games coming up to try to get one. It's got to happen, dude. It's got to happen. It's good, but it's just the goal, like the confidence that he has. Like when he was, uh, I think it was like the 20th minute or something, he's on the oh! sideline against um, uh, Moutinho, and he just, you know, he's standing him up, and then Moutinho looks like he gets the advantage, but then Orojo just dicks him, punts the Takes ball. Takes it. Like it's coming back towards R18 just to turn around, meg him, and run back the other way before he can even respond to it. And then he runs away with lollipops or the stepovers, no look past. Oh. And then it's just like, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, good job, Bocanegra. Yeah, no kidding. Whoa, no yeah. Kidding. Well, credit. <laughs> hey, credit where credits due. Like, Absolutely. I mean, we, we've given him enough shit. Like, he really has hit on this transfer. It's yeah. it's crazy. I think I was telling Kevin this. I don't know that we, I don't know that we've had a player be as confident as he is on the ball, and be as skilled as he is on the ball too. Like, because that was always the thing with like, for me with Miggy, it was like. Yes, he was talented. Yes, he was skilled, but he was so erratic. It was like, what? It was like electric in some way because he was so spontaneous. It felt like whenever he was on the ball and he was so quick, like Arujo is just a completely different personality with the ball. And it's a different type of electricity, you know? Yeah. He's just, he's willing to take a shot from anywhere in the opponent's half. It seems like, but I mean, and he's having other effects, it seems like. Well, this is a little bit speculative, but um, someone was saying Stephen Perel is uh, in the trap, Arrojo, but Rosetto played like a different player. And it, um, Rosetto was, I think he was interviewed in the post game, and he was saying it's nice to have someone who can talk the same language as you because they're both Brazilian. And it seems like because Arrojo is so, he seems just more like a positive presence. That that's surely rubbing off on uh, Rosetta as well, and help you know they're both helping each other. Uh, one's coming into the team as a new player, and one can guide, and the other's just like bringing energy. And and Rosetta, I mean today, today on Friday he played amazing, but he's just played a little bit better and better in the past few games. Yeah, definitely. How much do do you think that? Do you think Araujo talks shit in Portuguese to Moutinho? I hope so. Like I hope <laughs> yeah. he just get. You're talking about having somebody who could speak your language. <laughs> just absolutely dominating him. Um, just, I mean, poor Joe Martino, man. I mean, he he's just not had a good career against Atlanta United. No. Um, he got thrashed in, what is it, 5 0? The LAFC game in, yeah. in Mercedes Benz. And he, he got, got sent off. Card. Yeah. Yeah. That was rough. Um, Joe Martino, different Joe Martino, both from Portugal. This one, uh, 
he was the number one overall pick for LAFC in their expansion or in the first Super Cup draft, I think. In their first oh, draft. Really? Yeah, I think so. Which was so weird that they traded him immediately. Like after one season or maybe a season and a half or something like that. But so, um I think he was had potential, but he was young, but now we're seeing that I mean he, he has some positive qualities, but it doesn't seem like he's put it all together yet. Yeah. Um what about I mean, to go back to George Campbell, like the guy looks every bit the miles replacement that any, we're gonna like, need. It, that yeah, we're that, gonna yeah, need that we're gonna because that's really where we're yeah. headed at this point. Right. And I, I think, mean there's a there's going going to be a gaping hole the size of Miles Robinson in the back line. And honestly, if what we saw against one of the better teams in the East on Saturday is any indication of what we're going to get from George Campbell, and it, I think Alan Franco is probably uh, an Atlanta United player as long as um, as long as he wants to be, and I think he'll probably be here for a while. I think that partnership, if if we stick with those three center backs, I think we're going to have them for a while. Um, I think George Campbell honestly might be the next one of those three to move on just because he's still so young and he's so, uh, he's such a big athletic and, and defensive, like a very skilled defender. Um, I, I was very impressed by him. I, I think I've been impressed with him in the past. We've seen some missteps from on occasion, whenever he's been brought in as a substitute, but I thought that he kind of read the game really well, obviously getting off the mark, scoring his first goal. That's his first uh, senior first club. MLS career goal. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Seeing that. Um, yeah, it's, it was, it was fantastic. I think those two guys to me were the highlights, uh, being able to see them just kind of dominate in their, in their respective parts of the, uh, the field. Yeah, no, I thought he, I thought he was a real standout player. I, I mean, I guess there's still some question marks for me just because Orlando didn't seem that threatening offensively to begin with. So I don't think that he was really challenged as much that he had to be put in those one-on-one positions that we see Miles Robinson come out the better on more times than not. So I think that certainly there is some promise there, but to take a – take a play from Dan's book. I want to see a little bit more. I think he's certainly ready to start that sort of transitional play and get more minutes and more reps. And hopefully, um, you know, Pineda sees him as a substitution opportunity for miles whenever miles is back to playing regularly and keeps miles healthy as a result. Um, I I would just hate for him to not get any playtime unless miles is out. Uh, and especially with the trajectory that Miles seems to be on. And if we don't keep him going into next year, those reps are going to be valuable going forward. So um, we'll see. We'll see. But great, great showing. I just think that there's still some question marks in what other offenses and um, what he's capable of in those scenarios that we've seen Miles get the better of more times than not. Yeah, it's just great to have. I mean, that – I'd as center defensive depth is is stacked and it's going to be really helpful you know we've got four games in september coming up uh, we've got this obviously this midweek one against cincinnati and then um dc come to town this weekend so you know i think robinson's going to be back in the lineup just because he was able yeah. to have some rest from all the games in like gold, the gold cup and world cup qualifiers he's been playing in but it's definitely it's fantastic to have someone uh, as as capable as Campbell to um, come in. I'm trying. I'm trying to think of a center back legitimately as like as thick as he is for as tall as he is too. He's like he's so like he's such a big imposing figure. It's ridiculous. Yeah. 
Like, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's crazy. But we haven't even talked about Barco in terms of his uh, performance in this game, and he may have had the best performance of everybody. Oh, yeah, no, no doubt. I think to me, though, I think whenever I talk about standouts, it's like, yes, you want to see Barco continue to develop, and that's sort of the expectation, right? Like he's – especially over recent weeks, over the past – I don't know, four or five weeks. Like he seems to be playing up to what we've all been wanting him to play up to, but to see these standout performances by the likes of George Campbell, like that, that deserves every bit of attention and praise as possible because that's not someone that people were expecting to be put into that position and to have the kind of performance that he did to allow Barco, maybe a little bit more freedom to take some of those chances and to create some of the things that he did as a result. So, um, but yeah, to that point, talking about talking about boat, <laughs> talking, <laughs> talking about the boat. Um, yeah, I thought Barco had a hell of a game too, man. Again, it's just top to bottom. I feel like everybody had a really great performance. But Barco um, finally getting on the end of one of those free kicks, even if he got a little bit of help uh, from Orlando putting it in for him. But, um, yeah, man, if, if you had doubts about his first goal, the second one didn't leave any doubt, that's for sure. Man, that that third goal for the team, good, good grief. Thing is, if he had, if he had not scored – Imagine all the the haters like Tim saying how much he's just horizontally dribbling back and forth. <laughs> oh, I would have been one of them too. Don't, <laughs> yeah. don't, don't, don't believe it. Yeah, but I mean, it, I mean, it was a real tight angle. Um, it was a he had a lot to do to score that goal. He really did. Um, there was, and you know, we've seen that sort of stuff from him miss or get saved by the keeper a whole bunch of times. So. Um, it's just great that he's he's managed to pull it off and and he's growing like every game he's growing and he's getting that confidence behind him. I feel like he's becoming the guy that we need him to be to get that thirty million dollar transfer. <laughs> yeah, and then he's gonna stick around just to become the the villain everybody needs, right? Yeah, uh-huh. or whatever the phrase is, right? He's gonna stick around long enough to become the villain. Um, no, I mean, it, it is amazing what a string of good health, knock on wood, a string of good health, a competent manager, and also uh, capable players around him will really do. I mean, it's, I think the link up play that we're seeing with the, with the attackers right now is, is the best we've seen in a long time. I feel like it's, yeah. um, it's not just fun to watch again, but it's, it's very, like, I'm getting a little too ahead of myself when I look at the table and I'm like, we're one point out of the playoffs and we look very dangerous. We I've been saying it for him. months, man, that the back half of Atlanta United's schedule is very favorable going down the stretch. Very favorable. Um, I, I I agree, Tim. Like, It's hard not to get ahead of yourself. The, the question mark was knowing what the schedule was for Atlanta and knowing the back half of their season, the last 15 games were against the bottom five opponents that they've got and several with six-point swings with the few that are ahead of them. Like You just didn't know how they were going to be performing. So to see them win five of their last six and one of which was against a quality opponent against Orlando, as much as it pains me to say it um, – You've got some real data to back that up now and a trajectory that you can start to hopefully see continue 
whenever you've got some really favorable matchups coming down the stretch. Yeah, I think um, I was texting with you, Kev, before the game, um, and Orlando, they only had eight more goals than us, and they're in second. Um, And, well, they'd scored eight more goals, and they'd only conceded, I think, two fewer goals than we had before before the game on Friday. Um, So it seemed in that regard, we were a lot closer than, than I thought we were. And, but, um, in listening, so I listened to one of the Orlando city pods and they were saying that, yeah, Orlando city, City, uh, they have, they don't score a lot of goals, which is, you know, obviously true backed up on their goal count. Um, and you would think a, a team like that, if, if they're really gonna make a push for, um, to go deep in the playoffs, you you've got to be scoring goals. Yeah, there's there's not there are very few teams that have made it for in for, oh my gosh so far in the playoffs without without scoring those goals because I don't think their defense is um is as rock solid as we as they have been in the early part of the season. Well, I mean, no, you, I, you don't you don't think so though? Like, I mean, I don't know. I look at I guess on paper they have very they have a very skilled back line, but I guess we made them look piss poor on Saturday. Sorry, Kevin, I cut you off. I was just going to say, I want to take everything like, yes, Orlando is a quality opponent based on their standings. And I guess the, to try to play a little bit devil's advocate to my own point, which is that Orlando's run of form over the past six games has not been on the same trajectory of Atlanta United's. I, I think we sat here last week and talked about that. They haven't won any, like they haven't won a match in their past six games i think they've taken a draw in four of their last six and lost two i think so they had had one win before us okay right right before us against columbus columbus right right. that's right that's right but aside from that columbus match you have to go back a little ways to see their last win so again it's not like they've been in their best run of form either so you know all all that said, Atlanta's currently on a really good path, and the back half of their schedule is very favorable. Um, they've just got to keep going, man. Every game's a must win. I, for who, I don't know who said that in the trap. Elliot Beaven, you know, every game's a must win, and it absolutely is right now because there's, what, eight points separating second from 10th in the East right now or something like that? Yeah. I mean, it's tight, man. It's it's super tight. Um, from- yeah, so – yeah, Kev, we're eight points behind Orlando. Yeah, Parents. yeah. Okay. I mean, and, and more realistically, we're we're four points from fourth. We're four points from a home playoff game, right? Mm-hmm. Um, That's crazy. Which is, it is pretty crazy to think about. And um, another team that I think we may see make into the playoffs is our pretty much our counterpoint, the aforementioned LAFC in the West. Um, I'm calling it right now. Atlanta United versus LAFC in MLS Cup final. No way. No way. All right, let me write that down. Tim said. <laughs> somebody find somebody pull up the clip, get the receipts. Write down the receipts. Um Is that uh, in the bins, Tim? Yeah, it's gonna have to be, right? No, I guess not. I don't know. We're on the exact amount of points. What are they are eight, six, and nine. It we doesn't matter. Where do you think it's going to be? The Benz. At the Benz. All right. Yeah. It's at the Benz. All right. I wrote it down in my notebook now. 
I wonder what the odds are on sportsbettingdime.com to get <laughs> <laughs> for uh for that for that matchup. It's probably not very great. Probably make a lot no. of money. Yeah, well, should. they did. Um, MLS posted the betting odds to win MLS Cup on uh, Instagram just a couple of days ago. Did you guys see that by any chance? I'm sure you know, obviously, who the favorites are right now. No, um, why don't you read them off to me, Kip? Okay. Um, well, I know that New England was the favorite. Um, so, yeah, New England's favorite right now from the East uh, and over, or, yeah, overall at plus 450 uh seattle sounders i guess leading the west at plus 500 so just slightly yeah, less that's pretty close yeah yeah and then the rest of the top contenders which is interesting because this came out three days ago which would have been i guess that was probably right before the atlanta united game so in the top i'll just do the top five so it was new england uh, Seattle, Sporting KC, Orlando City, and Colorado. So, yeah, I don't know how Orlando's standings in that is holding considering their recent results. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. Nashville is – Nashville's like uh, yeah. 2003, 2004 Arsenal. What's what's the year of the Invincibles, Dan? Is it 04? I don't know. You don't know? You're you're British though. Yeah, but I don't care about Arsenal. Um, like but they have eleven. Us. They have eleven draws. Wow. They have drawn half of their games and were twenty, uh, almost half of their games were twenty three well, games. I was gonna say game. Atlanta United was on the same path up until their recent couple of games. Yeah. No, we have nine draws. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, we've won five of. I guess that's crazy. We've won five out of our last six, and I we know. still have nine draws. Well, it's the, it. Nashville have only lost two games. They're the they're the team with the fewest losses in the league. Yeah, they're I mean they're one to watch. But Orlando, you know, they're slipping a little. We'll see how the next few weeks go and uh, yeah. see where they end up. But uh, I think we need to talk a little bit about into Miami. They have a game in hand on us on twenty nine points. Yeah, very true. But I think we've got how many do we have any more matches against them no we, we don't. have two i think yes yes we do you're right we have two yeah. so One that's i mean that'll that'll be a big swing there for sure yeah i mean the games to keep an eye on now for us are um into miami and um dc and i guess we've got a game in and montreal LA as well and oh, we got to play montreal again oh, yeah. yeah 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 those are those are all big Big time matches there. We're gonna finish fourth. <laughs> We're really? gonna finish fourth. So? Yeah, I think so. I think that's. I think that's my. That might be what I said at the beginning of the season. I don't remember what you I. You definitely did not say that. Did I say first? <laughs> yeah. Did I say first? I am pretty sure you said you first. Call me. me call me Captain Sunshine Pumper. Let me that's, see uh, this. Um. Regular finished regular season finish in the East. Tim said first, Dan said second, I said third. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> All right. Well, somehow we're gonna pull it off. We got twelve games to make up twenty one points. I don't yeah. think that's gonna happen. Yeah, interesting oh. thing about Miami. I mean, in the past five games they've won four, and those have been Chicago, Toronto, they drew with Orlando, FC Cincinnati, and Columbus. So Yikes. They've all been beatable teams where they've got this boost in points from. 
But then they've got to play, well, Toronto, so they should beat them. Red Bulls, Nashville, us, Timbers, uh, Columbus. And I would imagine at some point Columbus are going to find um, some positive swing in their play because they're a very good team. They've got a very good coach. I imagine they will step up in form in the next few games. I feel like we've been saying that all year, though. Like I, I remember, I feel like I've been trying to defend how good Columbus has been the entire year, and they just are still. Where are they at? They, well, they have a, we have a game in hand on them, and we're three points ahead of them. So. Well, they started really good, and then it was around. It's kind of the end of July, and then they just went on a six-game losing streak. Well, and then won one game, and then lost the other two. So, I mean, that's a pretty heavy streak, but you're. You would think that, you know, there's some pretty um, radical um, change in mentality or something that they've got to change something. Like, sh- surely it's it's a little bit of like, well, let's not try and panic too much. Let's just try and right the ship and get some uh, get some momentum behind us. Uh, but man, they've got a tough road in. God, they've got Red Bulls, New England, Montreal, um, Philly. And into Miami, and then Nashville. Oh, so they may not. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. To Jay Hennibal's point, he's asking, yeah. "Does does Columbus make the playoffs?" Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Um, you guys going to the game on Wednesday? I think mean, Coach Steve was asking in the trap. No, I, I'm a little burnout on the midweek games. They've just come too fast and quick over the past couple of weeks. So uh, after Friday's match, I think I'm gonna gonna miss this Wednesday just to try to get some stuff done around here. So yeah, I probably won't because I've got. Oh, I'm hoping to uh, go rum tasting Wednesday. So where at? It's my buddy's house. Oh. We're putting together like a like a larger rum tasting, so we're kind of like sampling some things to prepare we're practicing wow. We're practicing wow that's fun yeah I, very cool yeah i don't yeah feel, I get uh, him. yeah i don't i don't know yeah I don't. <laughs> cool Tim's never going to another game again no probably not uh and and our buddy andy watkins he sent uh to our group chat he's like you guys remember check your times we got the emails today for relocation times it's like oh yeah i missed i missed those days yeah i think uh yeah i think i might relocate i'm keeping my tickets but i'm thinking about relocating potentially you gonna go to go to nashville no oh my god can we talk about that for a second what Fuck that preseason match we had against Nashville two years ago because I'm still getting season ticket holder emails from Nashville FC on a <laughs> weekly basis, and I am sick of it. Unsubscribe. I have, just like everything else. They just keep coming. Report them. <laughs> just Report them. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a strict violation of canned spam. Like, that is ridiculous. Report them. Blacklist them. They're... Their CCP social credit score will go down to the point where they so can't. So annoying. So yeah. annoying. It looks like Chiefs coach Steve has been getting the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a while back, like uh, probably year one, where we reached out to the Orlando City front office to try and get press passes to go down oh, there. That's right. 
That's right. And for like three or four years, they wouldn't stop bugging us about season tickets. Same deal. And I get like, I get emails about PSLs for the Falcons. Like, I've never talked to any one of you. Yeah. Like, I, I can't afford this anyway. Like, oh, no. Like, the seat license for the cheapest thing is probably more expensive than my season tickets to Atlanta United. It's, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's stupid. Uh, Mike Holcomb was saying that he looked at the seat map today and it's sparse out there. That's interesting. I wonder how much. I think there's going to be a precipitous drop next year. I wonder how much of the season ticket line or whatever, the waiting list. I wonder how much of the waiting list has gone down. I wonder how much of the waiting list is holding. I wonder if people like got the emails and were like, season ticket list is available. And they're like, nah, I'm good. Let's just wait this one out a little bit. So, Oh, yeah. Um, Oh, that's pretty great. Benjamin Ficus, the guy on, for those of you guys, nobody's on Twitch. But he was saying, uh, he's he's giving me a lot of shit. He's saying, um, who's the greatest player to to play in MLS, and uh, why is it Ibra? And that's not wrong. You're not wrong. He's probably the most talented player to ever grace MLS. I, he's not wrong, but he's in Sweden, so that makes sense. Why he's watching us in Sweden at three a.m. and hating on us? That's <laughs> like. It's like like it's I the hate most scroll- flattering thing I could ever imagine. <laughs> it's like I hate scroll through Twitter, but like getting on Twitch to find a stream to watch and for thirty dedicating minutes, 40. dedicating forty minutes to it, no less. That's not oh. just like I was I was in the bathroom scrolling through Twitch to find something. That was a very specific search criteria on Twitch to find a podcast to listen yeah. to. So thanks for hanging out with us no, for a actually, little while. That's <laughs> actually pretty great. It's they probably still have sunshine right now. It's like the sun hasn't probably gone down in like three months. So, yeah. Um, or maybe yeah. it's the other way around. Yeah. What did it, what did Ibrahimovic win win while he was in MLS? About um, as many. Uh, nothing. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm not saying he's the greatest MLS player ever. I'm saying he is the most talent, probably the most talented, and I think absolutely the most accomplished player to ever come to MLS. Yeah, he. I mean, he did go from like top tier clubs to LA Galaxy, and then went back to AC Milan. So, I mean, not many people have done that. So, That's and, and did and did better going back to AC Milan than he was doing in MLS, which is at like forty years old or thirty nine years old. Right, the man's a monster. Cool. Well, um, did you have any concerns coming off this game? <clears throat> Um, well, I think my biggest concern is less so about the team as a whole and more so the position the team is in going in. I mean, Cincinnati, luckily it's against Cincinnati, but the yellow card accumulation for Sosa and him being out at a depleted position for Atlanta currently in that, in that role, I don't, I think that's my biggest concern going into Wednesday night's match is I'm I don't know who you put there with him being out right now. Um, there's been some talks that Ibarra has been training. I think, Oh, I think I saw that somewhere. I could have made that up or he was at least no, like, I think Doug had reported that. Yeah. He no. was there, but wasn't training. Like he was running, but wasn't training or something like that. Like the week before last, I think. So if he's ready to go, that would be awesome. But other than that, I don't know who else you have. Tyler Wolf, right? Is that our next man up there? Well, it was good to see that uh, Mo Adams got a few minutes. Oh, that's um, true. That's true. This 
uh, this last game. So, and then it looks like Sadich is off the uh, injured list. So I think he could. Oh, thank God. Back. Oh, that's yeah. good. Um, the other thing, I mean, you know, Matthias Rosetto has been on the ascendancy now for the few games. So I could, e- I could see that Rosetto starting with either, or Husetu, uh, with either Adams or Sadich. Um, yeah, because both Adams and Sadich are a little bit more defensive than I forgot that Mo was well. back. I forgot Mo was back. But then does he go? I would probably. I mean, it, it, which where are they in their recovery? Are they can one of them go 90? Which one do you start? Right, right. I, I would assume you would start Adams with the mind of maybe subbing in Sadich afterwards. But um, yeah, I think that that sort of center midfield is kind of good timing right now because you can give Sosa more of a rest. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you can give the other guys a few few more minutes. Back to our predictions at the start of the season, who gets the most yellow cards for the team? Tim said Barco. Dan said Ibarra. Kevin said Sosa. I think I might be leading on that one too. Oh, wow. good. <laughs> yeah. Even a blind hog finds a route. Two seasons in a row. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so Brittany asked, what was Sadich what Sadich was injured? Man, that position can never stay healthy. Yeah. I think it was just like a lower thing. I don't think it was anything too serious. Um Yeah. So he came he off he came off what game was that? Two weeks ago, I think. Didn't he come off the in the game? Yeah. I think so, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> he came off what about, the game. Yeah, what about you, Tim? Any concerns going into the next couple of matches? No, I don't think so. Um, how do you think Joseph maybe fit? If you don't have a concern, oh, no, how do you think Joseph fits in? That's actually fair. I mean, Mulraney comes out and we reshuffle the deck, right? Like, I mean, that's sure. that's probably how... how because we had... To, was it Mike German's point? It was two false nines. Is that what he was saying? Yeah, yeah. Between between uh, Araujo and and Barco. Yeah, I mean, I think you just kind of shuffle the lineup and bring him back in. He's obviously the most in- integral figure that we have. Actually, I don't know right now. Barco might be more integral to our our success than than Joseph is. But um, I don't know. That's probably crazy to say. But I think Joseph is recapturing form and the way that the other guys are playing right now, being able to service or put service in for him. I think that you, I don't know. I think he reinserts pretty well. And uh, we really just, we drop Mulraney out of the lineup and, and shuffle it around. And I think that we're going to be solid. Do you have any concerns about like what I think was interesting about this past week's match was that with you having Mulraney in there, between Mulraney and Lennon and, and their distribution from the wings without Joseph in the middle, like is, I, I don't even want to say the words like is Joseph necessary in the middle with the attacking power that you have with Aruju, Barco and Moreno all playing a front three, basically like, with Joseph being there too, you've now got a front four and you've got very little distribution over from the left side. Like, yes, Barco's capable, but that's not what he's known to do. You know, he's not whipping crosses in from that left side on a regular basis. And yes, you expect to see Bello back in 
this week starting as well. And maybe that gives you that opportunity a little bit more there, but just that's kind of food for thought. Like, and, and I don't know if that was part of why Atlanta was so successful without Joseph in the lineup is because there wasn't so much congestion on the offensive side of the ball. Um, I just, I'm interested to see how he fits into this mix. And I think your assumption's correct. Like Mulraney's going to be the first man out to make room for him in the lineup, surely. But how those front four all operate and work together is something that's still a work in progress, I feel like. Yeah, I feel like Moreno drops a little deeper and hopefully centrally. And um, and you reinsert Joseph in the middle. And then I, to your point, I don't think you're going to see Barco whipping crosses in from the left side, but you're going to be able to see him making probing dribbles and runs on that side and being able to, to draw. Either have Joseph be a vacuum like a – or whatever, like a gravity well for for defenders on that back line, then and then just creating space for Barco to cut in and, and take shots. Or are you going to see the vice versa, where uh, one of them is taking more um, taking more of the action? But to the, I mean, you have a front four now. If those all those guys are inserted, where you have like from some real like food for thought for uh, for a, an opposing manager coming in and game planning. Um, game planning for those four guys because Nashville did it. I mean, you you play a back five. I mean, that's exactly what they did. They spread yeah. their five defenders from line to line across the top of the 18. And anytime anybody from those front four, which is what we had during that match, got anywhere past midfield, they just solidified that wall from edge to edge of the field and they were able to shut us down. Yeah, so I almost think, I almost think you keep Mulraney, but as Sosa's gone, you just swap Sosa, put Moreno back in that sort of spot, and add Joseph to that front three. Do you think Moreno's going to sit that far back, though? No, he's not. But you would have to either either you swap Rosetto with someone more defensive. As yeah, Adam, that's what I think you're going to have to do. Yeah, or because you you want Moreno to push up. My my worry is they have Luciano Acosta. And if we have essentially four defensive players, uh, not accounting the wingbacks, because Acosta will roam around, but he doesn't necessarily tend to go to the to the extreme wings. Um, it just may, we may not have enough to contain him. But then, it, but, you know, having other options on the bench, you can easily... Um, bring someone like you could start with Rosetto, Moreno, Barco, and Araujo and um, Joseph. But then, if if things start to get really squirrely with Acosta, you take off Rosetto and put in someone like Sadich or Mo Adams to kind of anchor things down a little further. To Brittany's point, Nashville always plays like that with their back five. I, I don't disagree with that. I think that's the reason why they've had the most draws in the league is they're not a very offensively structured team because that defense is able to keep relative. I mean, what is their goals against versus goals for? I mean, they're. I think that they're pretty comparable to that. Yeah, their goals against is the lowest in the East as a result of that. They've they've got 21 goals against, which is lower than any other team in the East, and they've drawn the most games out of anybody in the league. I think that speaks to that strategy, and I think that's how you shut down Atlanta is by playing that strategy. And, and it's not 
unique to just how they played Atlanta. I know they're playing that way against everybody, but that's what you do to shut down that front four, basically. So, yeah, but they've, I mean, they've also they've also scored thirty eight goals, which is puts them in like the higher tier of yeah. of, of goals for. But yeah. you know, we've seen they've been very fortunate. I feel like you know the the two nil draw that they were able to pull out of playing us. I mean, those were two gifts that we gave them. Um, but I mean, Nashville are a very good team. They beat DC United handedly five, two. Uh, and those are all legit goals. And I think their goals for Dan are kind of blips. Like those two of their games account for 10 of their goals. Mm-hmm, like they, mm-hmm. they've had two games where they've scored five goals against DC United and against Chicago. So yep. I, it's not like they're scoring a bunch week in and week out. You know what I mean? So no, I don't know, not. man. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, they're they're a good team. I don't think to Mike Holcomb's point. I'm glad no one is talking about sitting Lennon. I don't think anybody can make that point for for Lennon sitting right now. We can't afford to kind of rest players. We've got to play our best line, lineup, yeah. game in, game out. Yeah. Um, yeah. there's there's no way around that in, no. that I see. If but I get, do think I do think that we are fortunate enough that in a couple crucial positions we do have depth to rotate when we actually need to and still maintain a, a high quality lineup and not yeah. be a traditional, you know, half of a, you know, 50% of the team being subbed out during, uh, during squad rotation, you, you know, the likes of George mm-hmm. Campbell mm-hmm. or Sadich, especially when you have a player as, as prone to suspensions as, um, as Sosa is. And, and Tim, to your point, I think that maybe that's really therein lies the strategy for Atlanta United is yeah, you throw out that front four, right? Like Mulraney doesn't have to necessarily start. You've got Bello in there. You can rework that midfield like we talked about. But because you've got those pieces, if it's not working by the 70th minute, you can bring Mulraney in and pull, you know, one of those guys up front out you know, and switch that tactic up and see if that creates some different opportunities. And you've got that flexibility in the lineup and that offensive capability to make those adjustments if needed. So, yeah. And he's the perfect type of, especially for our team, he's the perfect type of power sub to have with his pace to come in and really shake things up whenever the, whenever the opposing team is kind of downtrodden. And we've seen him do it time and time again too. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I keep going. So, do you think we're going to go back two or back three? I'm going to back three. That's what I'm thinking too, because because of Brenner and Acosta, and then they also have Barriol and Atanga, who are both going to be getting into the attack. So, I think a back three is better to the better way to structure it right now. Plus, it also gives you it gives you more rest in terms of. Um, like you're not going to sit center backs as more as often to to try and rest them you know you want to rest like your wingers or your you know basically those guys cuz they're running all the time so but we need all our i don't think we've got good subs for our top four guys um no i just don't think we've got that Oh, so I guess we're doing the download. Just when you thought it was over. (laughs) Here it comes. All right. Cincinnati, last five games. 
they had a nil-nil draw with Toronto, with Montreal, a 4-0 loss to New England, a 3-2 loss to Columbus, a 1-0 loss to Miami, and then they beat Toronto 2-0. I think it was uh, Acosta with one of those goals, and um, I can't remember who the other one was. But anyway, they're sitting in, sec- in 13th. Uh, they've got a game in hand on us. They are minus 15 in goal difference. Uh, they've got 20 points. They've got a, a win-loss draw record of 4, 8, and 10. So compare that with Atlanta at 7, 9, and 7. We're sitting on 30 points with a with a goose egg for our goal difference. We should... Cincinnati, in the past 15 games, they have three wins. That is dreadful. And when they come to the Benz... We're going to be up for it. Unfortunately, Luciano Acosta is probably going to be up for it too, which he's just a guy who always has our number. Um, but, I mean, this, they, we should be taking them. Good thing is, well, I hate saying injuries are good, but Kenneth Vermeer is injured, so they've got their backup Titan in there. Um, hopefully, though we are pretty good at making backup goalkeepers look good, but, I mean, this... This could set up for for a, a pretty a pretty good um, Atlanta United performance, but you know you say that and then it just all comes crumbling down. Um, they've had a pretty good. I mean, they've got a decent back forward: Jeff Cameron, Hagland, Valencia, and Madarita, who they bought in um, this season. Um, in and Cubo. In the middle there. Uh, oh, that was who scored their second goal. It was Majunanin, and it was a filthy goal. He hit it. It was going wide, but it took an awful ref- deflection from the Toronto player. And then um, it was Westberg from Toronto was just like he was caught totally flat-footed, and it just went into the opposite side of the goal. Oh. Uh, it was a filthy, horrible, dirty goal. Um but I mean, I'm not surprised that Medunin scored one of those. They've got a decent attack. It's just Acosta who just gets us every single time. Bren has come into a little bit of form. He he just hasn't lived up to the hype that um, we all thought when he was coming into MLS, being that young Brazilian starlet. Um, but I'm going to go, man. I th- Acosta is going to get a goal for me. That's probably. I feel like he scores every time we play against him. But I'm going to go with something absolutely absurd. I'm going to go 4-1 Atlanta United. Wow. Well, you got a lot of goals there. Who's scoring them? Uh, I've got to go with Martinez. I'm going to go Araujo with two. And I feel like someone like Rosetto. Yeah, I'll go with someone like Rosetto scoring a goal too. Okay. Tim, what are you thinking? Same. 4 1? 4 0, actually. Wow. 4 0. Yeah, 4 0. I like the way our defense is playing. Who's scoring? Um, yeah, I think Araujo gets one, Joseph with two, and then Anton walks with the fourth. Okay. It's been um, a while since he scored. I I agree that I think it's going to be um, Atlanta by a hefty margin. I don't think it's going to be quite as high as you guys are thinking. 
Um, I agree with Dan's point. Uh, I think Atlanta will concede one. And uh, I think it's going to end up being Atlanta three and Cincy one. So three, one Atlanta. I've got Arujo, Joseph, and I think Brooks Lennon gets one on the board. That would be nice. I'd like to see that. Yeah, I'd love to see that too. Uh, around the trap, we've got uh, Stephen Perales, 4-1 Atlanta, Jay Hennibal, 2-0, uh, Brittany S, 3-1 Atlanta, Barco, Arujo, and Joseph, Richard Gordon, 3-0 Atlanta. Um, let's see, is there Elliot Beaven, Atlanta versus Cincy, 3-0, Chiefs coach Steve, 3-0 Atlanta with Joseph with a brace and Arujo. All right, Dan, what do we got for DC United? DC they're playing Chicago midweek, which is kind of annoying uh, because they've got a real cupcake in there. In DC are in yeah, relatively decent form. I mean, they had a three loss skid. You know, they, they lost to Nashville 5-2, lost to New England 3-2, lost to Atlanta 2-1. So, you know, they're slightly getting uh, getting better. And then they beat Philly 3-1. Um and then drew with Red Bulls this past weekend, 1-1. One, one. So um, current win-loss draw record is 9-4-10. The 31 points, 23 games, same same as Atlanta, and plus three in the goal difference. So, I mean, we're, we're neck and neck with DC. There's, there's barely much um, separating the two. I think, you know, if, if you're going the way the teams are right now, DC and Atlanta, you would think because Atlanta are in the ascendancy, and I feel like we've said that the past few weeks, um, it's either going to be time after we thrash the pants off of Cincinnati that this is going to be a more cagey, um, just a more cagey game just because the guys are tired and there's a there's a quite a lot on the line um, for this DC game. You know, this could be... Whoever wins this at the end of the week could potentially one is in the playoffs, one is out the playoffs, depending on what goes around them. But there's a very real possibility that this game would define that. Uh, I mean, DC are just a interesting team. Julian Gressel has has been playing really well. Um, Paredes, Kevin Paredes, I believe he's in, attracting interest from Europe. He has been one of the stars. Um, in their team. I think he's like, I'm just looking at the overall ranks of their players. He's like the fourth ranked player with Andy Nahar, of course, their, their number one. So you're going to have Paredes, Gressel and Nahar surely in the lineup. You're going to be wanting to play your best players in this, in this match to take three points off the other team. So also Burnbaum's been a guy. Pines has been another guy at, at center defense. Who's been another guy uh, who, who's been, pretty rock solid um so i think they'll probably play a back three they'll probably have gressel out on the wing paredes on the wing too and then um you know nahar probably juna moreno instead of uh Skundich. but you've got to have russell canals in there even though he doesn't get very good ratings he's just a big dirty body who will just do the dirty work yeah um i'm always impressed with russell canals because He's he will just do the work that nobody else wants to do. Uh and then of course you're gonna have Paul Ariola in there and then Kamara up top. So it's 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 how we deal 
I feel like with the wings, we can potentially take, I think we have the ability to take over the central midfield with this, um, with against DC, uh, which really worked to our benefit against Orlando. I mean, there was no push, like Nashville came in, just pushed us out to the wings and we just couldn't get anything going. But this case, we've, we've got a strong midfield and we'll have to have our top guys in there to, to dominate that midfield to eventually, you know, hopefully get a, get a win over DC. Um, I'm going to go with a two, one win for Atlanta against DC. I'm going to say that Arozu gets one and then Barker gets one. And then we'll all be on a merry way, but we'll probably either draw or lose. We're going to be firmly in playoff picture after that match. Where are we going? 1 0, Atlanta, Oof. Barco. That's probably going to be the actual score. Yeah, Tortellini time for like probably <laughs> 40 minutes of that match. I think it's Tortellini time the entire match. I think the short week, I think both teams maybe. I, I, don't, th- I, I don't see that game being really high scoring, and I'm actually going to call nil nil. Hmm. I, I just but, think both teams end up locking horns and and nothing really come nobody comes the better of it honestly but we'll see. Um, and which which doesn't hurt Atlanta either, you know. Um, it, that result is is you know next best thing to a win, I guess. Um, let's see what we got for results from everyone here. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Um, Michelle says three nil. I don't know if that was with Cincy or not. Okay. Jay Hannibal one nil over DC. Uh, Elliot Beaven, Atlanta beats DC three, one with a Joseph hat trick. I would love to see that shit. Um, <laughs> Brittany S yes, uh, two, one Atlanta with Joseph and Moreno scoring Steven Perales two nil win. Arujo Megs Gressel for poetic reasons. I love that too. Uh, Richard Gordon, 2-0 Atlanta, continuing the clean sheets. Brittany S. does have a really good point that we'll have Sosa back for that match. Um, yep, Chiefs great coach, point. Chiefs coach Steve, shots fired, saying Dan has been stealing his picks. Uh, 2-1 Atlanta with Barco and Miles scoring. like that That's one too. That's how I roll. Avant-garde, so... I like it. I like it. It's a good mix there. All right. Well, hopefully, um, hopefully by the time we have our next show, we are sitting for snow. I, I was clicking it off. You're going to click it off? Or you want me to click it off? You just want to keep. <laughs> I got... right. I'm going to throw up. I've got a question for you both. So, uh, CONCACAF Champions League resumes this week. Are you pulling for the last remaining MLS team to make it to the final, potentially win this for the growth of the reputation yeah, of America? Of course. Soccer? Of course. What about you, Tim? MLS. It just means more down here. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. It's, yeah, I guess so. Because even if, who's still left? Philly? Yep. So Philly are playing Club America, Monterey and Seattle, playing right? Cruz Azul. Is Seattle still in it? No, Seattle no. Uh, were not in it. Oh, gotcha. 
It says Philly and who else, Dan? Sorry. Philly are playing Club America. And then Monterey are playing Cruz Azul on the other Oh, okay. Side. Gotcha. I mean, yeah, as as much as I dislike the shithousery of Jim Curtin, it would be good for the growth of MLS. Um, it would be a big feather in the cap for the league, too. It's, it is tough to, like... W- it's even more impressive to me if we can get an MLS champion just because we start um, or we start before the season ever starts and everybody else is in full swing by, by the time CONCACAF's champions league starts. Um, Yeah, I guess, I guess I would pull for Philly. I mean, I don't like cheering for any Philadelphia sports teams, but like, it kind of hurts me to my soul, but next thing you know, I'm going to be throwing batteries at people. Like I just, it's, it's a slippery slope. So. Yeah, yeah. I am not cheering for Philly at all. They can go fuck themselves. <laughs> um, I am Club America over Philly. <sighs> I do not care about the growth of MLS within this little game that's going to be going on Tuesday. If anyone's going to win the the Champions League in MLS the first time, it's going to be goddamn Atlanta fucking United. <laughs> like, that that's what's going to happen. That's what I want. None of these other teams. It only I only care about Atlanta. And that's it. All right. I like it. <sighs> yeah. Us uh, two. Us two. But also maybe Philly. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Philly will probably win it now. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. I think that does it for us for tonight. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, hanging out with us. If you want to continue hanging out with us, you can find us all on Twitter at Home Before Dark. That's before spelled B in the number four. You can find us individually across different platforms. Dan, where can they find you? You can find me at to the power of Dan on Peloton. I deleted Twitter again. Uh, so I'm just kind of off it for a little while. My life's got a lot better for doing it. Yeah. Right on. I actually, I actually went into screen time and put on parental controls on my phone. I can't open Twitter or Facebook on my phone anymore. And it's, and it's been nice. Nice. The only thing that's a little annoying is it doesn't auto, like whenever you start typing, it doesn't give you suggested anymore, like for search results or anything. But anyway, yeah. Um, so they can't find you anywhere, which is good to know. Mm-hmm. You can find you at home before dark. Between the hours of, you said you're off Instagram too now? Of eight and nine. Me? Me? No. Dan? Okay. No, yeah. no, me? Sure. No, I'm, st- I'm still on there. I feel like that's the that's the most innocuous of the social medias. Um, it is the most tolerable for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can find me at Tim Herb. Find me as well at the architect. That's at the underscore ARC number one T-E-C-T. Thank you guys so much. Um, if you found us on YouTube, be sure to like, subscribe, smash that bell icon to get a notification each and every time we go live. We'll see you next week. Win, lose, or draw. Until then, as always, be home before dark. Cincinnati's ranked America's 25th worst city to live on, purely based on Skyline Chile and like the fact that they put bananas in Chile too. Just disgusting.